Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts and I'm here with Wynne Morgan, my co-host. Hi, Wynne. Hi, Kate. As we were talking before we started recording the show, it's something that seems to be really present for both of us right now. We were talking about the intelligence that's beyond the human intellect and how that intelligence is meeting us where we are and it's always in the moment that we need it. So the story that I was sharing with you in was that I was having a conversation with my daughter And she and I have had multiple conversations. She's 15 right now and is trying to find this balance with technology. Whether it's listening to music or she loves to do, be on these servers with her friends and um, she writes, she loves to even draw on her iPad and um, it's kind of constant almost kind of checking out. And so she and I keep having conversations about what that looks like and what that feels like in order to feel like there's a balance. And so the conversation that she and I had this week that I was sharing with you when was that she didn't feel like herself last week She got off and she felt like the best thing to do was to check out, to get on technology as much as possible and not create limitations for herself where that's concerned. The conversation that we were having was about what that intelligence conveys in the moment and sometimes it looks really different sometimes it looks like don't set limits and sometimes it looks like yeah now it's time to set limits or it looks like something completely separate from that what are you saying about it when i remember the times that i thought that I needed to have rules to live by and that I was looking for a solution that would be once and for all, the silver bullet solution for me to be happier, wealthier, more successful, feel okay about me. And that one thing or the set of rules would be constant. I was looking for the constant prescription for ways to live my life. And I realized at some point in the last 
sometime in the last handful of years that that's just not how life is. That an idea of what to do on one day might be, it may be better to have a different idea the next day. Better in the whole. In the whole of my life. And in looking in what you were talking about, the intelligence within us, the intelligence that's not the intellect, but before the intellect. And it's the intelligence that tells ourselves what to do, given the fact that they've got certain jobs that are different. So what my liver does is different from my bone marrow, to my brain, to my tongue, to my skin, to my hair. And they've all got intelligence within them that has got nothing to do with me not I don't have to think my organs to do what they need to do. So that's the intelligence that I had little regard for. And that intelligence would tell us on one day to do a different thing compared to the next. And I thought, well, that's inconsistent. That's not smart. Well, of course it's smart in the same way as we wouldn't tell ourselves the only thing we need to do with the car is go move up gears. Move up gear, move up gear, move up gear. Well, no, sometimes staying in the gear. Sometimes it's lowering the gear. Now, most of us these days, certainly in your part of the world, Kate, have automatic cars. And a lot of them here in the UK and a lot across Europe do. And but if we had a stick shift, it wouldn't be just moving up gears because we need an infinite number of gears in a car, and clearly we don't do that. We change according to where we're at. And something that you were telling me about is that, well, in fact, you mentioned it in the introduction, is that it meets us where we're at, our real-time intelligence that some people would call wisdom, some people would call God, some people would call spirit, or the energy behind life, or whatever words we use for it, it's responsive to now, whenever the now is. Our previous guest and, and friend Michael Neal says real-time responsiveness, and that helped me really see, oh yeah, real-time responsiveness. And, well, we were talking before we started recording and you were sharing the story about your daughter and I said oh I've got an example about that and it's really a, a way of noticing that we we see what other people do that is successful and try to copy that and think that's the recipe for life so whether it's screen time whether it's um you know the olympics in Tokyo, I've just finished in the time we're recording, we're in the, the gap in between the Olympics and the Paralympics right now as we're recording. And the number of interviews I've heard asking the athletes who've been successful, what's their secret? And they try to get into all the, you know, all the psychology of, of success and so forth. And, and the key thing is there isn't one, but people keep looking for it. 
So here's the example that I had in my mind that I keep thinking of now and again, because it was a moment in time that really mattered to me in the sports world. And it was, well, just across your state, in fact, it was in Miami, it was in South Florida in January of 1989, Super Bowl 23. Now, those of you who know me, roll your eyes, okay. But here's the story. My team, the San Francisco 49ers, are down 16 to 13. And there's just just over three minutes left in the game. They're down by, down by three. And they're on their own eight-yard line, so they need to go 92 yards to win the game. And in the, the TV timeout that occurs when there's a, a, a change of uh, possession, a now legendary moment happened in the sports world of the quarterback of the 49ers, Joe Montana, said to the offensive tackle, Harris Barton, hey, HB, check it out. Look over there. It's John Candy eating a hot dog. Because apparently the entire week what they were doing, Harris Barton and Joe Montana were spotting stars that they would see out and about, but they hadn't seen John Candy. So here is, with three and a half minutes to go, in a quite crucial, nerve-wracking, certainly I was, you know, three and a half thousand miles away, sitting on my sofa in South Wales as a, as a then 18-year-old going, what, we should be winning this game. We should be killing this team. And Cincinnati were playing amazingly well and amazingly resilient and were winning with three and a half minutes to go. Well, it, at one hand, it makes no sense to make a joke and make light work of the 92 yards and the three and a half minutes to go. But on the other hand, Harris Barton was renowned for being really uptight. And Joe Montana had this aura about him of being relaxed. Joe Cool. And it was funny because apparently the tension in, in Harris Barton kind of rushed, relaxed a bit. And they just went down the field, down the field, even though Joe Montana hyperventilated on one play and threw the ball out of bounds. And they got a touchdown with 34 seconds left and won 20 to 16. And I don't know if people in Miami could hear me shouting, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I went crazy with my friends and my, and probably a lot of the neighbors going, what on earth is that sound at this time? Crazy o'clock in the morning on a, on a Monday. And I remember thinking, well, you know, that's what to do then. You make jokes before a really big moment because that releases the tension. Mm. That's what the that's what um, wisdom and real time. Sorry, that's what wisdom and intelligence would tell us to do. Well, that's just not true because there would be occasions where it would be it would matter that Joe Montana might have said to a player, "Hey, buckle up." We've got a game to win. But in that moment, the right thing to say to Harris Barton was, hey, check it out, HB. There's John Candy in the other end zone. The dearly departed John Candy. So the reason that that story matters to me, and it, it popped in my mind again last week, is that's an example of real-time intelligence. It's not that 
great athletes do this one thing and that's the one thing to copy each time. There were two sailors who won gold in the Olympics in Tokyo. In the one of the sailing events. And the interviewer from British TV said, so, you know, did you have any doubts in the last few weeks? And the one sailor went, oh, no, not at all. And the other sailor had, I had loads of doubts even today, even during the race. So what does that tell you? I mean, there isn't a right way. And we try and copy the behavior, try and copy the, even the inner world of somebody, hoping that that's the prescription to live our life by. Forgetting that there is such a thing as real-time intelligence that takes care of all of that stuff. And I just love remembering that that's mm -hmm. true for you, for me, for your daughter, for Harris Barton, Joe Montana, everyone listening. And it's so easy to forget and and as I did to not have respect for because I just didn't see it, even though I've been running the show that's called Win Morgan my entire life. So it's got a long answer to your question. <laughs> You know, when I was talking to my daughter originally about it and asking her how it went over the weekend with her limits and if she was, if she had stuck with the limits that we had talked about. Mm. At the time, I was really spun up about something completely separate. And I was super busy in my mind and not really listening to my own, my own intelligence at the moment as I was busy in the noise. And I, you know, I've caught on enough in the last few years to know that I was busy. <laughs> that I was up in the noise in my own head about it. So I let it go and I didn't say anything. Or if I'm being really honest, I didn't say anything with words, but she felt it, I'm sure. And uh, when I sent her a text during the day and I said, you know, I, I saw something on this and we'll talk about it later, but it didn't really happen until I settled down. And when I settled down, what I heard felt like, like we were looking at the wrong thing. Mm. What it felt like. We were looking in the wrong direction. And if I knew that, then of course I start looking somewhere else. That's what I got when I settled down. And in that conversation and in that 
subject. It seemed more important, more important even than how much technology my kid is on and, and all the other things that, you know, we get spun out about and the right and wrong of it. It seemed more important in that moment to point her back to the fact that she can trust it. A reminder that she can trust that real time. And that was, that was huge for me as a parent, you know. But you know, that, that intelligence also showed up that morning when it let me know, oh, you're spun out. You need to keep your mouth shut right now. <laughs> the parent, maybe, maybe not talk about it yet. So it looks different. Mm. And I think the more we're willing to not need to know how it's going to show up or decide in advance how it's going to show up, but it will always meet us. And that's why we don't need to get it right. There's no formula, which is lovely. There were so many examples of wisdom showing up in the moment in what you just shared, such as, oh wait, this isn't the right direction. There's a different direction. That's the tap saying, hey, look over here. It's nice to know, and as you said, lovely, to recognize and to really realize the truth of that. And, And in what you and I have explored over the last year and a half, sometimes recorded on these podcasts and often in our other conversations before Under the Noise was even invented by you. How much you and I have seen for ourselves and continue to see for ourselves about what we've just been sharing. And being open to seeing more. And letting that, you know, one way of saying it would be, I think I've let truth bump into me more. And keep seeing more and more examples in my own life of where that real-time responsiveness is working for me. Because I find it very easy to notice it in other people, like in listening to your sharing now, how... Well, there's wisdom, there's wisdom, there's wisdom. And I find it far less easy to see that in myself. And yet, enough for me to no longer need to put a description of how to live my life tomorrow, nor to try and solve tomorrow's problems that haven't even happened yet. Because it seems like a good use of my intellect 
to make a potential tomorrow problems that I can resolve today. I get it, it might be helpful, but most of the time it really isn't. It's just sucking my life out of today. When there is this other intelligence that is real-time and responsive in the moment that will take care of tomorrow. It doesn't mean don't plan, it doesn't mean not think ahead. But it might mean we don't have to worry so much about it. And if the only thing I remember going back to something that you just said, which I think was lovely, I don't have to live in the noise. There is another way. Because under the noise is something that's real-time responsive. Kate, a pleasure as always. Mm -hmm. Listen and share. And to everyone else, thanks. Thank you for listening. And please remember, if there's anything that you'd like us to talk about, then get in touch with, with Kate or myself and our contact details are below if you're watching on YouTube and here in the description if you're listening to the podcast. And we look forward to sharing whatever's next when it comes. And whatever that comes, I guess we'll know when it happens, just like everything else in life. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.